1: It is time for the Christmas program of making money sense, and here is Larry
2: Rosenthal. Merry Christmas, Larry. Well, Merry Christmas, right back to you, Chris. Well, wish everybody a Merry Christmas out there and a Happy New Year. And uh, we're going to play some Christmas music today, and we're also going to have uh, some special guests reading some poetry, some well, some thoughts on on the birth of Jesus and uh, what all he has to say throughout the Bible. So, Merry Christmas, everybody.
3: July, come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven. And heaven. to the world! The Savior comes. Let men their songs
2: You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal here. The season is just not the same without having little ones nearby. My daughter would like to read something.
4: Away in the manger, no crib for her bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep in the hay. The cattle were lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky. And stay by my cradle till morning is night. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in tritender care and take us to heaven to live with thee there.
5: Savior of the nation. Lay down
2: his sweet You know, Chris, it, it is just amazing the, the amount of talent that, that we all have in our backyards sometimes. Oh, yeah, I am into uh, that, yeah. Yep. That's that's true. You know, people people search high and low for. Golly, I wish I could find somebody who could who could draw this for me. I wish I could find somebody who could who could do that. And and sometimes those types of talents are, are sitting right in your family. Well, you're a well, talented guitarist sh- too, aren't you? <laughs> well, no, we you- don't know about that, right? Because <laughs> I'm on the radio talking, not playing, right? <laughs> okay, but anyway, uh, my father-in-law, Dutch Doctor Dutch Short, is going to come on here in a moment and give us a monologue of of uh, his view, his thoughts on what he was thinking the innkeeper must have been thinking when Joseph and Mary showed up to see if they had a room and they had to go into the stable. Interesting perspective. So, yes, it's very good. Uh, this is just a short ten minutes or so. So so sit back and enjoy. This is going to be an interesting story. So, so uh, Dr. Dutch short here.
6: Awake, prepare for me some porridge to warm me, wife. And oh, wife, come, come sit with me. Let me tell you about my day. Oh, there's there's a chill in the air. Yet the night is calm and still. There's a radiance. There's an enchantment. There's a mystery about this night. It will surely be a night to remember. Oh, wife, thank you for this for this porridge. Mm. Yeah, mm. good good porridge, wife. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Wife, let me, let me tell you about my day. Oh, what a day. I was so busy. The inn is full. I had to turn many people away that, that came into Bethlehem to be taxed and, and surveyed. Oh, it was a shame. Oh, wife, let me just tell you about this one young couple. They came late in the day, and they were from Nazareth. And his name was Joseph, and he was a carpenter. You could tell by his strong, rough hands, and Oh wife. Her name was Mary, and I could tell by the garments that she was wearing that she was great with child. I had no room for them in the inn. And I told Joseph this, and he with much compassion told Marion, and and he told her not to fear and wife as he was doing that there was something that was inside of me a stirring m- much like a much like a spirit that told me wife that i needed to help them so i told joseph that i had a stable around back and They were welcome, if they wanted to, to to seek shelter there. And so they agreed, and and I took them around back, went into the stable, and I drew down some fresh straw to to make them more comfortable, to to give them something to rest upon. Mary looked up at me with a sweet smile. And Joseph, oh, he was—he was so happy. He he gave me a, a big hug, and oh, they were so grateful, wife, so grateful for such humble, humble provisions. But oh, I was—I was busy, wife. I I had to get back to the inn. I I had much to do. And as I went back outside, right above the stable, seemed to be a new star i'd never seen it before it seemed to be bigger and brighter than the rest i it was it was a mystery oh but but i had so much to do i i got back to the inn to get get all of the people settled down now wife hours passed many hours i i don't know but later on things got quiet and still and i once again had that that, that spirit inside me that was stirring that was telling me i once again had to check on that that young couple so I decided to take a moment and just go back outside and, and see if they were doing okay. And wife, when I got back outside, now right above the stable, that star seemed to be even brighter and, and closer and, and bigger. Almost like a mighty, magnificent hand uh, had moved it there. It was beautiful. And, and wife all around the stable there were many many strange people there were these these shepherds oh there were many of them and I drew one over to me and I, I asked him what he was doing here and he said that they were watching their sheep in a nearby field and, and wife he said that an angel an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And oh, they, they were very, very frightened. But the angel said, Fear not. And the angel said that he had brought him tidings of great joy, which is to all people. For unto us was born this day in the city of David a savior which would be called Christ the Lord and if we if we wanted to seek him we would find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger so after the angel had left the the shepherds talked amongst them and come let us let us go down and and find this thing that has come to pass and and wife also besides these lowly shepherds there were these very rich looking stately men I, I knew that they weren't from from Bethlehem and I went over to one and asked him what he was doing here. And he said that they had traveled from the east, and they followed that star, that star that was right above, to find the birth of the child that would be King of the Jews and even King Herod had called them in and and said once they had found this new king that they were to report back to Herod because he was interested in knowing where this child was. Oh wife, as I came close to the entrance of the stable there was a peace, there was a sense of warmth and love. Like I've never seen before, (laughs) when I went in the stable, Mary had given birth to a boy child, and they called him Jesus. It was beautiful. He was quiet. And Mary looked down, she was happy. Joseph was happy, and he was contending and comforting his his wife. The shepherds came up, and they were softly singing praises and, and worshiping him and, and bowing down and then then these, these three stately uh, rich men came one by one, and they bowed down, and, and they even gave him gifts of, of myrrh, and, and frankincense, and, and wife, even gold. And as they were leaving, one of them said to me that they were warned by God in a dream. Not to return to Herod, but to go back to their homes by a different route. Oh, wife, now I wanted to to go up to this child and, and kneel and worship him and just even touch him. Was this truly the King of the Jews, the King of kings, the Lord of lords? Was this the Messiah? that the Jews were waiting for? I reached out wife and and touched his tiny little hand. He was a beautiful child. And I was, as I was holding his hand, I was thinking, would this be the hand that someday would touch the eyes of the blind man and cause him to see? Would this be the hand that would touch the lame man and cause him to walk again? And would this hand stretch out over the angry sea and calm the sea, calm the storm? Oh, but wife, would this hand also be pierced and scarred by those that wouldn't receive him? But why wouldn't people receive him? Oh, I know that he has much to offer to his people, but the prophets even said that he couldn't even preach in his own hometown that many would turn turn him away oh wife I just can't understand why they wouldn't we need to tell this story over and over again it's a story that should be remembered. But, oh, I know, wife, there are many that wouldn't want this story told again. And, you know, they'll be as lost, lost as a wise man that didn't have a star to follow. Come, wife, let us, let us be to bed. Let us close our eyes in peace, because our eyes have been opened to the birth of the Son of God. This will truly be a night to remember.
1: Well, you know, Larry, one of the really important things around Christmas time, of course, the most important thing is the birth of Christ. And we sometimes don't spend enough time in the Bible actually, you know, around Christmas time as we should, because that's really the reason for the season, wouldn't you say? Well,
2: that is definitely the reason for the season, Chris. And that's the reason for us here on earth. Is Absolutely. The Lord, you know, uh, I mean, in Luke chapter one, verse 31, the Bible says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. O little town of Bethlehem
5: How still we see thee
7: But I deep and dreamlessly,
5: the silent stars go by, yet in the dark streets shining, the
7: everlasting. die by that last gift or two Not really in the Christmas mood Standing right in front of me you hurry, sir. Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for quite a while. Know these shoes will make her smile. Wanna do
1: you're listening to a special edition of making money sense with Larry Rosenthal and this week of course we're dedicating to Christmas and Larry has a very special bible verse that he wants to pass along along those lines chris you know the
2: bible is, has foretold the birth of jesus and the story of jesus many many times in the old testament over a 1000 times and, and in the new testament and i just want to take a little bit from luke chapter 2 verse 7 through 14 here and she gave birth For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising and saying, "Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those." with whom he is pleased. Oh holy
8: night the stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth Nothing Voices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Little oh, night, divine, oh night, when Christ was born.
1: Some beautiful Christmas music for you here as this special presentation of Making Money Sense continues. You know, we're not really making any sense about money today. We're making sense about music, and I know you'll remember this one. The kids are going to want to sing along as we continue with Christmas classics on Making Money Sense, the Christmas show. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what
9: fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. To ride in a one-horse open sleigh, dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh the fields we go, laughing all the way, ha <laughs> ha! Bells making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight! Oh, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way! Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Hey, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way! Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride. And soon this charming gent was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lame. Misfortune seemed his lot. We got in. Him- Jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh! Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh! Dashing through the fields of white on this happy Christmas night. Off we go through the snowbells.
1: I want to start singing along with this one. This is kind of a famous song. It's unusual that a bunch of beach people, if you used to sing Surfing USA, would be singing it, though. You remember that
10: fluffy, snowy guy? Here he comes, Frosty. Frosty the Snowman was a jolly, happy soul With a corncob pipe and a button Nose and two eyes made out of coal Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale they say he was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found For when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around Frosty the snowman was alive as he could be And the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and me holler, stop. Frosty the snowman had to hurry on his way. But he waved goodbye saying, don't you cry, I'll be back again someday.
5: You
1: are listening to a special Christmas presentation from Making Money Sense and Larry Rosenthal. Feliz Navidad.
4: Feliz Navidad.
1: We are going to conclude the Christmas show this year with Pastor Denny Glesco and a message about Christmas. Pastor Denny.
11: Larry and, and Chris and the listening audience, um, I just want to say thank you for the privilege uh, this morning that uh, I have for a few moments to uh, share about our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. If there was a theme or a title to the message this morning, I would call it Go, Tell It on the Mountain." I would think that uh, many, if not most of us uh, this morning, are familiar with that song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. You know, I was uh, thinking about singing it, but I thought I'd best not do that. We want to make sure that you're staying uh, tuned to this radio now. So uh, we'll just read a little bit of the, the words from, from the song. And it goes like this Go Tell It on the Mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. I trust that the biblical account of the birth of Jesus is still fresh in your hearts and in your minds. And this morning I would like to bring to our attention a part of that story about the shepherds and the blessing that the Father imparted to them regarding the Savior's birth. You will recall that they were tending their sheep in the fields When an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and how terrified they were, and the angel told them of the good news, that the Savior has been born this day in the town of David, and that he is Christ the Lord. And they were to go and find the baby, who would be wrapped in clothes, lying in the manger. The Bible says that they hurried off and found the Christ child, along with Joseph and Mary, as the angel had said. And when the shepherds had departed, they did so, praising and glorifying God of the things that had been told uh, to them by the angel and that which they saw with their own eyes. You see, they began immediately proclaiming the glorious event of the Savior's birth. There was no hesitation on their part, Their proclamation of the Christ child began now. Now let's fast track uh, to December the 28th in 2013, over several thousands of years later. It's now been three days since we have celebrated the birth of Jesus on December 25th, 2013. Three days gone by, 72 hours, 4,000. 320 minutes, or if you will, 259,200 seconds. I'm sure someone's probably out there checking my math, and, and that's probably well. I'm not looking for any Pinocchios from the Washington Post. But three days since we've celebrated our Savior's birth. May I pose this question for you and I? How many folks have you and I spoken to about the person of Jesus Christ since December the 25th, 2013. How many folks have we told about the grace and the mercy and the love of Almighty God and the sending of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ? Who have we told of his miraculous birth in the lowliest of places? and We call it a manger, but the reality of it is it was a feeding trough for animals that they laid him in. How many folks have you and I spoken to? Well, if we have not spoken to anyone about Jesus yet, then maybe the next question we need to ask ourselves is, why not? What could be keeping you and me from sharing the good news of eternal life in and through Jesus Christ? Are we ashamed? Are we too busy? Is it not politically correct? Or we don't even maybe know what to say or even how to say it. You know, sad to say that there are times in my life that these excuses I fall back on. Simply because I have not done what the Word of God clearly calls me to do. And that Word calls me to proclaim and to speak out and tell of the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone. Now I believe that many of you, like me, are extremely blessed for the countless numbers of people prior to our day of salvation who spoke to us about Jesus and who lived out their faith in Christ on a daily basis before us that we could not help but take notice of the one born in a manger so many years ago. The Bible says that it is the Word of God that brings one unto salvation, and you and I do not have to worry about what to say, or quite frankly even how to say it, because the Bible tells us that it will not be me who is speaking, it would not be you who is speaking, but the spirit of the Father that dwells within us, and you find that in Matthew 10:20 and we are in really the greatest of company regarding this. Listen to what Jesus says in John 12:49. For I, Jesus, did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. You see, we can depend on Jesus Christ for the very words that are necessary for us to proclaim the Christ child. There is a uh, scripture uh, that I refer to, quite frankly, as uh, uh, God's phone number. It's in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. And it says, call to me and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. We should never be left without the words of Christ to overflow from our heart. Now, you see, when sinful man comes to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this reconciliation takes place because the Father has made the first move, if you will. He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sin and to snatch us from the very gates of hell. And His Word tells us that for those who have repented from their sin— who have turned from the wickedness of the flesh and the things of this world and turned to Christ, confessing their sin, believing that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, true God and true man, God come of the flesh, believing that through the shedding of our Savior's blood, there is forgiveness for his sin and receiving the complete work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. You and I become God's eternal child. When that reconciliation occurs in one's life, immediately the Holy Spirit comes and resides within the believer. Can I explain how, how all this happens? The answer is no. Other than the love and the grace and the mercy of Almighty God and the compassion of the redemption that he desires for all whom he has created. And I have said this to you so that you may know that when you are his child, the Holy Spirit must be in control of our entire being. Therefore, uh, you and I are equipped by the Spirit of the living God to go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, that Jesus Christ is born. We have no excuse not to do this, none whatsoever. Now what happens? Three days can easily turn into one week and one week into a month and one month to a year. And many in the body of Christ lie dormant from the task for which we have been called. James puts it in this way, faith without works is dead. Please don't misunderstand that verse of scripture, however. We are not talking about salvation here by works, but the works of faith that follows one's salvation. Please look with me at what it says in Ephesians, in chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. God's word says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And So often, however, the works that we do, we may consider them good. But the question remains, are they God's good works? The Bible says that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty in Zechariah 4 and 6. It is the Holy Spirit in you and in me. It is the truth of the living word of God in you and in me that has equipped you and I, his children, to go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. You know, I want to bring this to a uh, a conclusion here, and I'd like to do that uh, in this way. And the Bible says that for those who know Him as their personal Lord and Savior, that we are ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. Listen to what God's Word says in 2 Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. An ambassador is one who tells of the message of another. And our message of eternal life comes from Almighty God through the shed blood of his precious son, Jesus Christ. The one born in a manger, the one horribly beat and crucified for my sin and your sin, the one buried in a borrowed tomb, the one who arose from the dead, the one who ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father Almighty, the one who is coming back, and soon I pray, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May the Lord find favor with you and I, as our hearts and minds are pricked by the Holy Spirit to be the most humble ambassadors for our precious Savior, yet never being ashamed Of the gospel. In the book of Romans, in chapter 1, verse 16, God's word tells us that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. As his ambassadors, we must go to every mountain, we must go to every valley, and everywhere in between. Now, what are these mountains? What are these valleys? Why, they are simply our Jerusalem, our Judea, and our Samaria. In the book of Acts, in the first chapter, in verse 8, listen to what the Lord tells us. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Please notice here, Jesus says, and you will be, and you will be. This is a command of God. This is not an option as to who we are as God's children, proclaiming Christ and him crucified to a lost and dying world. So where are our mountains? Where are our valleys? Why, they're in our home. They're at our work. They are in the mission fields, here at home and abroad. Quite frankly, they are every place that you and I tread daily in our life. There is no place that they are not. So, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Precious Father, thank you for the privilege that you give your kids to be ambassadors for Christ. Happy birthday, Jesus. And thank you, folks, for the privilege of sharing about our Savior.